Coming up on today's federal newscast, OPM offers some telework guidelines for the summer metro shutdowns. Lawmakers criticize the proposed OPM-GSA merger. And GSA lets the sunshine in. Those stories and more in today's federal newscast. should allow federal employees to telework more frequently or offer flexible start times this summer ahead of the metro station closures in the Washington, D.C. area. That's the latest message from the Office of Personnel Management. OPM updated its telework and alternative work schedule guidance to reflect Metro's upcoming platform improvement project. Six stations in Northern Virginia will be closed starting May 25th and lasting until the beginning of September. New OPM guidance comes a day after three Virginia congressmen asked OPM Acting Director Margaret Weikert to offer more flexibility. The Government Accountability Office has faulted the Office of Management and Budget for failing to complete a comprehensive inventory of agency programs nearly a decade after the deadline. GAO Comptroller General Gene Dordaro said that the inventory would help agencies save billions of dollars by creating fewer programs that overlap on existing ones. GAO found agencies could have saved more than $200 billion between 2011 and 2018 by acting on more than half of its recommendations to close duplicative programs. Lawmakers expressed bipartisan skepticism yesterday for the Trump administration's proposed merger of the Office of Personal Management with the General Services Administration. Members of a House Oversight Reform Subcommittee, Federal Employee Unions and Groups, the Government Accountability Office, OPM's acting inspector general and a former OPM director said they didn't see enough evidence to show the merger makes sense. They also questioned whether GSA is best equipped to handle and improve OPM's existing challenges. More than a year in the making, OMB is finalizing its new identity management policy. The official policy governing how agencies use employees' and citizens' identity to verify and authenticate access to systems and data received a much-needed refresh. OMB issued a final memo yesterday bringing together many of the changes that NIST had developed over the last five years through its special publications. Among the changes is the move away from the level of assurance model and toward a risk-based approach. Another is the use of derived credentials where smart cards will not work. The new policy also rescinds five older ones, including the e-authentication memo from 2004. I'm Jason Miller. You heard of the Space Force, but what about Space National Guard? Well, if the Space Force is established, a National Guard might not be far behind, according to Air National Guard Director Lieutenant General L. Scott Rice. Rice says he wants the Space National Guard to operate only in the seven states where the Guard has space squadrons. The Defense Department still needs congressional approval and funding before the Space Force becomes reality. Starting in October of this year, sailors and Navy officers must complete two years of service before they're eligible for tuition assistance. The Navy says the change is due to unprecedented usage and fiscal constraints. House lawmakers want to give veterans and their survivors a cost-of-living increase for a third straight year. Yesterday, the House Veterans Affairs Committee approved the Veterans Compensation Cost-of-Living Adjustment Act of 2019. The bill mirrors one signed into law the last two years that gave veterans and their survivors an increase in disability payments that keeps up with inflation. President Trump has decided on a new Air Force secretary. 
The current secretary, Heather Wilson, is set to step down at the end of this month. To replace her, the president says he plans to nominate Barbara Barrett, a former chairman of the Aerospace Corporation. Barrett is also a former U.S. ambassador to Finland and former deputy FAA administrator during the George W. Bush administration. It's the second time Barrett's been a contender for the same job. President Bush nominated her to be Air Force Secretary in 2003, but she was never confirmed. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. The Federal Labor Relations Authority has certified a collective bargaining unit at the Agriculture Department's Economic Research Service. A new bargaining unit with the American Federal and Government Employees Union includes professional and non-professional employees at ERS. The move to unionize comes as USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue is preparing to locate ERS employees to a new location outside of the Washington, D.C. area. The Homeland Security Department has signed up two lawyers as outside advisors. More now from Tom Timmon in today's management report. The retired federal executives joined the Homeland Security Advisory Council, an external committee set up to make recommendations to the secretary. The group met yesterday. Acting Secretary Kevin McAleenan swore in Robert Bonner, a former Drug Enforcement Agency administrator, Commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, and federal judge. And Leon Fresco former immigration litigator for the Justice Department and Senate Judiciary Committee staff member. I'm Tom Temin. And the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee has approved the nominations of Mark Greenblatt to serve as Interior Department Inspector General and Daniel Giorgiani to serve as the agency's solicitor. Prior to his nomination, Greenblatt held roles in the IG offices of the Justice Department and Commerce Department. For the past 10 years, Mary Kendall has served as the acting Interior IG will step down from her position later this month to serve as Deputy IG at Amtrak. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Or you can subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. Also, follow us on Twitter. Our handle there is at Federal Newscast. I'm Terry Wayne. 